0: I'm sports attorney, Luke Fedlum, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves for their life outside of their sports. Thank you for tuning in to Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. My name is Luke Fedlum, your host. I'm excited that you have joined us yet again for another episode. If you tuned in to our episode last week, you heard a conversation around athlete identity foreclosure and this notion of just us all understanding our identity and who we are and thinking through those things that impact how we look at ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we present ourselves out to the world. And in particular, how with athletes, identity foreclosure being this concept that I've always been identified as an athlete, I've always been an elite performer, but now at a certain point for all athletes, that career comes to an end. And that career may come to an end in college or the Olympics or professional sports uh, or potentially high school. I think I was a great basketball player growing up, but that came to an end after my senior year. Uh, But nevertheless, this, this concept of identity foreclosure really is something that we we think a lot about when it comes to athletes and helping athletes as they transition beyond their sport to success in life long after their sport is over so today we want to continue that conversation a little bit and we have a great guest with us a friend of mine and a colleague of mine at porter Wright, abby chin welcome abby to the protecting your possibilities podcast
1: great thanks for having me luke
0: Absolutely. So Abby is an associate here at Porter Wright. She focuses on litigation. Uh, She also does some work in the sports uh, space as well. And she is a three-time Olympic swimming trials qualifier. So swimming at the highest level. And so I thought what a great opportunity for us to maybe add some meat to the bones of this conversation on identity. By having um, someone who can speak a little bit about it. So, Abby, why don't you just start off by sharing with listeners kind of what your swimming history has been? Kind of how long, when did you start? Kind of, you know, what levels did you compete at? What did you do? Just give us a little bit of more insight into kind of your swimming career.
1: Yeah, my my swimming career has been at this point, a majority of of my twenty six year life now. Uh, I started swimming at a, at a really young age, about five or six, um, with Summer League here in Columbus, Ohio, soon transitioned into competitive swimming, swimming for the Upper Arlington Swim Club here in Columbus, swimming all the way through, through high school and college. Swimming really took a turn for me at, at age 14, uh, that was the first time I qualified for the Olympic trials, it was right after my freshman year of, of high school it was a all around absolutely bonkers summer I, I had never competed outside of the state before let alone at any sort of national or olympic trials level i um, qualified for the meet about a week beforehand got on a plane went out there and swam um, and it was it was an amazing experience uh, that was the year that Michael Phelps won all of his gold medals, mm. uh, crazy performance in Beijing, and, and getting to see him at trials beforehand was amazing. After high school, I went on and, and swam at the University of Louisville. Again, fantastic experience. My, my second trials was after my freshman year in college, swimming for the University of Louisville, uh, swam all four years there, was captain my last two years. In my final year at Louisville, my team went on to play sixth, at NCAA, which was our highest finish by about 10 spots ever. A, a great cap off from my senior year of, of college, and somehow during that last year, I ended up getting qualifying cuts for the 2016 Olympic trials. By that point, I knew I was going to law school um, at Ohio State, so I'd be returning back home to Columbus, um, but decided to swim some kind of that last hurrah last year and, and did one more trials in 2016. and that summer I was actually here at Porter Wright working and, and Porter Wright let me take a week off to go to trial. So that was, that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, so much of your life um, wrapped up in swimming. Now, um, I've got two small kids, and and I've I've heard that swim meets can uh, can take a long time during the day uh, when you're there. But so so you spent so many hours training at the highest level, you know, being able to compete at the Olympic trials multiple times. Did you feel like your identity? I won't say was wrapped up but but how would you describe kind of your identity and how you saw yourself, you know, kind of over the years, right? Was it was it as a swimmer? Was it something different an athlete? Was it, you know, just as as Abby and and you know, something else? Like, we well, you know, share with us maybe some of your thoughts on identity for you um when it came to just, you know, being an athlete.
1: I think wrapped up as a swimmer identity is kind of the perfect way to put it. Um, from that early age, yeah, you know, I started swimming at five, and that was the main sport that I competed in. It was the main extracurricular activity that I did at a young age, and then reaching that national level at a younger age. From that point through, I would say even to this day, a lot of my identity is wrapped up. in being a swimmer or I, having been a competitive swimmer I don't think there was ever a point in my memory that swimming wasn't kind of the most defining piece in my life. Probably until now, working at Porter Wright, um, doing litigation, had started to transition away from, from that swimmer identity, but but swimming truly has been that defining piece, and I, I think when a lot of people also think of me... Um, Abby the swimmer is kind of one of the first things that comes to mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's it's interesting and and really a, a, a fascinating way to put it. Right. And I think there are probably some circles where that is. Still your identity and to your use your words, you know, as as either Abby the swimmer or Abby the former swimmer. Um, and, and there are probably some circles that maybe don't know about your your experience um in swimming. And so maybe they just recognize you now as as Abby the lawyer, Abby the litigator, um, and what have you. So when you think about yourself and your view of your own identity, what has that been like as as you've progressed now, you know a few years kind of post um, post swimming, so it's still relatively new that that you've stopped kind of competitively swimming at that level. How have you managed that internally of kind of letting that go, or do you let it go? You know, what's what's that what's that experience like for you?
1: I think it's been somewhat of a balance between starting to let it go, but still holding it you know, close to me, it, it's hard to not have it as a defining factor um, and, and a defining part of my identity because swimming was such a large part of my development, not just as an athlete, but as a person, as a professional, through law school, through through working today. The transition away from, from swimming being kind of the sole identifying or The largest identifying factor in my life has been, I wouldn't say necessarily a challenge, but it's been, it's been a process. It's been a process moving, moving away from that and um, people that have known me as a swimmer for so long, you know, showing them my, my other identities, That yes, now I'm lawyer now I'm a litigator I still am around the swim world and I, and I coach swimming so that's different identity within the swimming world being being a coach rather than being an athlete um, and, and explaining that to people um, or showing that side of myself to people has been a process because i um, swimming has been such a large part of my life for so long
0: yeah. So when you think about kind of having transitioned away from the sport and, and I say away, I really just mean from from your competition level, because you're still clearly involved as, as a coach and and still engaged in the the swimming world. Um, but as you've transitioned away from from your competition, what are some things that have helped you some things that have helped you to continue to, to broaden your own personal view of your identity and, and who you are, things that have helped as you started to kind of share your identity with, with the, the networks and the communities and the relationships that you've had or that you continue to have in life who have identified you as that um, that swimmer, right? The uh, that competitor. What what are some things that maybe have helped you? And 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 I ask that question because so often as we and and you know that as we talk with athletes at all different levels and and we have these conversations, we oftentimes try to encourage this this broader perspective of identity, so that when that whenever that transition comes it can be a little bit smoother a little bit more comfortable um because they've they've broadened the the aperture if you will of of who they are and what their identity is what are some things that have that have kind of helped you um as your identity your self-identity and how you're identified kind of broadly in your community um has has evolved over time
1: I think the biggest piece that has helped me develop outside of the the swimmer identity has been the people around me. Um, Having those that do recognize that that swimming was a big part of my past, but now that I've started to transition away from competitive swimming, having support systems of of other people and, and mentors and sponsors who have helped me transition from Competitive swimming to to the career that I'm in now, being uh, an attorney with Porter Wright. And, and I think another piece of that has been finding ways to be involved in the community outside of the sport. I, I've tried to get involved with the Columbus Bar Association, and I'm and I'm still heavily involved with Ohio State Law School, working with their moot court programs and other sorts of diversity initiatives around the community, which have allowed me to be in groups of people that, as you mentioned, may not know my full history as a swimmer and and may not recognize that. And and sometimes that's that's kind of cool to be able to walk into a room and, and be able to talk to people about here's the work that I'm doing with the CBA, here's the work that I'm doing with, with this organization, with this group, and it has nothing to do with swimming. Swimming's completely irrelevant to it. And trying to get involved in those sorts of groups and initiatives has been another big factor in transitioning away from that sole identity as a, as a competitive swimmer for so long.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice, right? It's, it's the idea of identifying places of getting support, uh, people who can mentor and, and help guide you as you transition. And, and you also mentioned just that sponsorship as well. I think, you know, all of those kind of concepts help as athletes are thinking about who else am I, right? Who just, just who am I, right? Because, and here's, here's the, the, the interesting thing. And, and, We've, we've had conversations around this um, on the podcast before, which is this isn't something that's solely applied to athletes, right? Even as attorneys, um, so often there is a particular view of what an attorney is or what an attorney does. And and I think oftentimes we as practicing attorneys have to both remind ourselves that we are more than just attorneys, um, but also kind of remind those around us that our identity is not just tied up in, in this notion of, of being a lawyer, because if it is, then that means that whatever someone views an attorney to be, that's instantly what they're going to ascribe to, to me as a person and who I am. And, and so it's, it's, it's this constant learning and, and, and exhibiting to the world who we are as as individuals. And that's in, and again, I used, you know, the the legal field as, as one identity. But, you know, for everyone who's listening, you can think about your profession and and oftentimes people will ascribe to you a particular um, identity based on that profession. And, and it's just that at the at the sports level, I think there's something that's a bit different because. When it comes to an end, it is a hard stop, right? When it comes to an end, whatever the sport, um, it, it, there's a point when you know whatever you you hang up, whatever it is you hang up, you hang up your swimsuit, you hang up your cleats, right? You hang up your hoop shoes, whatever it might be, you kind of hang that up, and 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 now. There's this new chapter in life of, okay, who am I and and what is this impact now that I'm that I'm gonna be having in life? So I, I have to ask you um, you know for you know being a competitive swimmer for so many years, um, I know that you're still coaching, but from your competitive days, what is that thing that you just kind of miss the most? What is it that, that, that you kind of miss? Is it the early hours in the pool? Is it the, the quiet nature? Like, you know, having been just solely a recreational swimmer myself, help me understand for you, what's that thing that you miss the most?
1: I think I'll give you two answers to this one because I, there, there comes times where I, I truly miss being in that competitive nature of swimming. Um, I think one of them, is being in the water often. Swimming, to me, has always been a very calming activity. Maybe not the 5 o'clock mornings and jumping <laughs> in a cold pool at that point is probably one of the worst parts of the sport. But I do find myself, if I've had a really stressful day or week or, or month, trying to find time to just get in a pool because because it is calming for me. Um, and, the, and the second piece is, you know, I think there will always be points where I look back and, and miss Racing and miss being out of meet, being competitive at that level. I never expect, and I will never reach that competitive level again. But but as a coach, you know, I'll watch the meets and and watch my swimmers, um, in the pool and and sometimes you you miss you miss being the one that that is that's actively that's actively engaging in that race. Uh, so those those would be the the two things that that I sometimes miss. But I find other ways to. To try to let those outlets out. I mean, litigation, there's always an inherently competitive piece to it in my practice um, and, and trying to get involved in, in other activities, um, biking, triathlons, things like that um, to, to explore something new.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I kind of take from that, too, is that there are certain aspects of of sports that we we love. And in some instances, there are ways of while not getting it at the same level of still getting some of those aspects like the competition, you know, and obviously litigation is inherently competitive, um, in certain, in many respects. And so, you know, you can kind of sometimes scratch that itch maybe a little bit, um, by the other things that you, that you can do in life. Well, listen, you know, thank you so much, Abby, for, for joining us today and just kind of sharing a little bit about your story and your experiences as it relates to just your identity as a past swimmer. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for checking out the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. You know, these conversations that we have really are about um, thinking around how do we protect the possibilities that athletes have. And when you think about this notion of identity, athlete identity, identity foreclosure, it really does come back to the protection is around helping to set athletes up for success beyond their sport. Because again, we know that sports are going to come to an end at a certain point in time. And when they do, We've seen the statistics of so many athletes that struggle uh, in different ways uh, because of that transition. And so I always want to have conversations with our clients and with others that I have the opportunity to speak to that while you're still in competition mode and while you're still performing your sport and, and having your career in your sport, that is the time to think about your identity and to think about who you are outside of your sport so that you can start to focus some of your time and energy and efforts into those things that really touch your soul, your spirit of who you are outside of your sport so that when that ending point comes, you have the ability to transition into that next phase, that next chapter, you know, without dealing with as much of the struggle as you might have had you not thought about who you are beyond your sport. So again, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do continue to provide feedback, comments, leave reviews. Um, I had a number of comments after this last week's, which is why we wanted to follow up with this conversation and dig even a little bit deeper. Uh, but, you know, go on to, uh, to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave a review, subscribe, and uh, continue to just share with us topics that you'd like to hear as it relates to protecting the possibilities that athletes have. Again, I'm Luke Fedlum, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.